0: and the hired servants and followed him. Lord, as we come to your word, would you uh, speak to us in Christ's name? Amen. Welcome, welcome, especially if you're visiting as uh, family or friends of those being confirmed uh, today. It's uh, it's an incredible treat to have y'all here. Welcome, Bishop Sandy, uh, who is here visiting from uh, San Antonio. And uh, we had a a delightful time last night, and uh, you're in for a real treat, uh, those of you being confirmed uh, by him. Um, I don't, yes, yes. Uh, if you were, uh, you're a teenager, just raise a hand, if you were, especially if you're with us at the uh, gingerbread competition at our house. Shepard, yeah, you were the judge, nailed it. Ethan, that's right, and a few others. We, you know, uh, put your hands down. We conducted um, what I call a social experiment, but what the church calls youth ministry. Um, And uh, what we did is we had uh, those who could come, who were in middle school and high school, to our house. And, uh, you know, I kind of took a back seat in the planning. but uh, the, the, the goal was to compete and build gingerbread houses, and not just gingerbread houses, but stories to go along with it. I'm so glad I wasn't part of a team, but it was incredible. And what was incredible was not just the, the architecture of the houses, but halfway through they were presented with a challenge like you have to incorporate a hot dog into the build, Uh, or you have to use so many marshmallows. And uh, every time one of these new rules came in, I expected Mortal Kombat to break out um, and for those creative differences to cause incredible conflict. But um, it didn't happen. And we had some hardliners on the right and on the left of how gingerbread architecture should be pursued. And, uh, and yet, you know, the use of glitter and the use of Smarties and everything under the guidance of JD and, and Rachel, it just kind of, we didn't have uh, the, the fights that I expected. And what, I, what was so inspiring, and those of you who are part of this experiment or youth ministry, is that we had minors able to do what adults weren't able to do in the last four years in our country. They were in the middle, and they did not take a side and say that the one who wanted to do something radical, like pretend that the, the gingerbread house was built in the Arctic where there had been incredible uh, a climate crisis and everything, a and melt and fused into one, and you know, they didn't argue. They just said, okay, let's talk, let's go with that. And then the others who wanted a more traditional Scandinavian-style gingerbread house, they didn't argue either. And there was this move into the radical middle where they appreciated each other's opinions. They may have called each other... I think the word I used was hoser, which is a Canadian term of endearment with a slight, you know, you know uh, edge to it. And uh, to me, that social—what what I saw our teens do... It's really been, become the inspiration of what we as a church are going to do uh, in the next number of months. Which is, we're going to do a, a small group or a, a group exercise where we're all gonna read uh, this book, The Deeply Formed Life, and over the next series of months we're gonna meet once a month to discuss the topics. But, and this book, and the experiment, if it works well, should offend everyone. Because if we, do the, if we do church right, everyone should be dissatisfied, just a little bit, because the church isn't designed to meet all of our needs. It's not a service provider that we get all that we want. It's actually a mechanism that Jesus has chosen that will enable us to meet, gather in community and for our lives to be shaped as we read the Bible, our hearts to be transformed as we pray together. And for our likeness to become like Jesus' likeness as we gather around his table week after week. And so this is where we're headed. And this is what we're going to try to do in 2024 is to try to move to that middle place. The, the radical middle, in my mind is a place where people who lean to the right of the spectrum and those to the left can disagree without becoming disagreeable. It's a kind of church where if I don't agree with you, you understand I'm not rejecting you, which is counter to where we are today. Um, It's a place where we move beyond the information, the data points that try to shape us, which are very clever and very effective in our world today. Some of the great formation tools of our age come to us in highly manipulated presentations on social media, where we're continuously presented with things that we like. It's, it's also, we, we're going to try to push beyond the value system of a world that determines our worth based on our accomplishments based on our possessions, based on our efficiency, based on our intellectual acumen, and based on our gifting. And we're going to attempt to go deeper. And this is important today in our cultural moment because... Social media, the news outlets, the pace of technology have this incredible means to shape us in a very superficial way. I met with a parishioner four years ago who was very upset. He was very upset about a very many things about not this church, another church. And I listened, and it took a lot of patience, and I said, tell me more. I'd like yes what else you know and I I listen and finally we got to the question that enraged him which was there are people in this church who think differently than I do I said yeah and he says I think that's wrong I said oh and I said I think that's the point Because when we gather, what you're about to see in a moment as people come up for confirmation is you're going to see a number of people who are very different. And that's the beauty, is that unlike any organization in our world, the church thrives when it has differences in it, not just ethnically, not just financially, economically, but differences of opinion are welcome here because it's our differences that make our experience richer. And so that's what we're going to do. Because the danger is, is that each one of us has the person that the world sees when we're out doing our thing, which is like the front stage, and then there's the other side of us, which is the person that nobody really sees. It's the person I see when I'm shaving. And what Jesus wants to do, and we'll look at the passage here in a moment, is when he calls us to follow him... He wants to make the distance between the person, the persona that we project, and the real person, he wants to make the distance between the front stage and the backstage to become very small. As the Brits would say, he wants us to mind the gap, right, so that we don't get lost in between. And I think so much of the challenges that we've had with the church's response in the last four years, pick a denomination, is that we've seen the gap. And it's been utterly perplexing to some. And so the goal is, what we're gonna try to attempt to do as a community is to go deep so that that gap narrows. Now, I know some of you have already read the book. I know some of you read very quickly. But to quote Tom Wright, sometimes we need to slow down to catch up to God. And so we're gonna read it slowly and then we're going to talk about it at an Italian restaurant. Because I think that's what Jesus would do, you know? He would, he would, he would go there. He would go to, to that kind of place. And, and the hope is, and what I'm going to ask of you in a moment, is that we would, if you feel called to do this, because there are other churches where this is not what they're going to try to do, and you're really spoiled for cho- choice, really good churches in Dallas. And, uh, and, and, but if you want to embark with us on this experiment, we're going to give each other permission to sometimes get it wrong. Like, I'm an external processor, and the things I say when I'm trying to figure out what I'm thinking is shocking. I even sometimes have to take myself in hand and say, that was wrong, you know. And, and we're going to give ourselves permission to do that. So that for the, the greater gain will be so we become a place where people can really feel like they're welcome here if they don't agree with everything. Now, let's turn with our passage after the longest introduction I've ever given. Let's turn to our passage, which is Mark um, chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. I just want to offer you a thought. What we have here is a section of Mark's gospel where he does move rather quickly, but It's really the section where he's calling his disciples, and the call of the disciples is intertwined with a narrative description of Jesus' authority as he both proclaims the gospel and demonstrates the gospel. He proclaims the gospel by articulating that the kingdom of heaven is going to be different than what you expect. This is what it's going to look like. And then he demonstrates it through signs and wonders by showing them that there is something miraculous that happens when the reality of heaven gets worked out on earth. And so look down with me at verse um, 17. Jesus calls his disciples to be fishers of men. Now, this is an assignment that they can only fulfill if they have continual fellowship with Him. They can only do it if they spend time with Him. And carry out the mission that Jesus gives them will only happen if they spend time with Him. And so there's nothing new, really, this year. You're going to be invited to read your Bible, to pray, to meet together, to worship, to celebrate Holy Communion with us. Because it's the tried and tested path. But what this is a herald to and why we read Jeremiah is it goes back to this idea that that God spoke to his people in Jeremiah where fishers and good news, hunters, some of you are hunting, some of you are thinking even now about hunting. And that's okay because Jesus welcomes hunters. But that these fishers and hunters will call people away from idols, away from what they've built their life around, into relationship with him. Which begs an interesting question, how? How? And this is where I'd like to draw your attention to their bulletin ever so briefly. And I want to draw you to who we are called to be at St. Bart's. And you see here that on page 13, we have it every week in our, in our bulletin just to remind us, is that we are called to connect the people of East Dallas and God and his people so that we might behold God and become more like him. All right, that's our call. And what that looks like is when you come to St. Bart's or you meet with people who worship here, These are the values that should kind of affect how that encounter goes. There should be a level of authenticity, a level of hospitality. Um, There is a mystery involved that you'll see there that happens as we worship. There should be an element of wholeness and healing and of rootedness. The challenge is if we don't go deep, the experience you have with me, and I'll speak for myself, is that you will find me if I'm just superficially uh, affected by the different elements of our culture, is that I will I will not be authentic. I will not be true and honest about who I really am. I won't. I will be inhospitable because I will not have time for you. There will be no mystery. We will just get it done. You will come, and we will execute the liturgy with uh, due process, and that'll be it. There will be no wholeness and healing. If I don't go deep, your experience at this church will be painful. (laughs) It'd be dull. Um, But that's just me. And there won't be any rootedness. Because superficiality works against what Jesus is trying to do. And yet Jesus beckons us. He beckons us and says that we are not, our worth is not based on our giftedness, on our ability to achieve or on our intellectual ability or anything else, our value is based on the fact that we are called children of God. And that's who we're called to be. And that's why we need to go deep. The other thing I just wanna draw your attention to is in verse 20, is that they left their father with the hired servants. So who were some of these disciples? Well, several of them were not poor, but they were self-employed or part of a family enterprise. They were businessmen and women. Think about this for a moment. Pastors in the USA this year will interact with 8.8 million people with an average of 12 hours of influence each. Christians in the workplace will interact with 118.1 million people with an average of 2,080 hours of influence each. Y'all, sorry, all y'all, this year will have more influence in the world than I will. Because you spend your days doing something during the working hours. And let me read to you this as a little uh, highlight or preview of what's to come from the deeply formed life, that as we become a deeply formed church, as we're tied together through God's Word, through the sacraments, and in the power of the Spirit, this is what we're called to mirror In the calling of his disciples, Jesus put people together who would never follow each other on Twitter. Yet in the forming of this small community, he was symbolically making a statement that in the kingdom of God, a new family was being created. A quick glance at two of the disciples brings out this truth. Consider Simon the zealot and Matthew. Matthew worked for the government. Simon hated the government. Matthew was a tax collector. Simon was a tax protester. Matthew collected revenue for the Romans. Simon was a rebel against the Romans. Matthew was wealthy. Simon was working class. Matthew made a living taking advantage of people like Simon. Simon made a living trying to kill people like Matthew. And despite all these differences somehow, Matthew and Simon were able to remain connected but it cost them something. Matthew had to stop taking advantage of people like Simon, and Simon had to embrace a different vision of revolution. And this is the evidence, this is the essence of the new family Jesus was creating. Community always costs us something. And in Jesus, the barriers that separate us can come down. But it takes the power of the risen Christ. It takes a people willing to go past the superficial and to go deep. And that's the invitation. That's the invitation this year. That's why we're confirming people. I'm not just dressed here for warmth, though it helps. This is what we have learned from our teenagers. That, they, that it is possible And if they can do it over in a highly competitive, highly charged, creative state, I think we can do it too. So that's the invitation. We're gonna see a number of people come forward to be confirmed. They're gonna kneel down in front of the bishop. He's gonna lay hands on them. And then those of you who know those being confirmed are invited to run up to the front, lay hands on them as well, and what's going to happen is that those being confirmed will have their they will be anointed and prayed for both by the bishop and by the church because we never get to clarity alone we never get perspective of who we are alone and so it takes all of us and we recognize that they are worthy to have a place in our midst not because they believe and have the same political points of view that we all have, but because they're children of God. So that's what we're gonna do. And that's where we're going. You'll hear more about it next week. We're gonna to try to move into the deep waters that God has for us. And whenever you move into deep waters, it's usually choppy water. So I'm gonna ask you for your grace, not just for me, but especially for me, but also for each other, as we navigate these waters together, because our world needs a model of what it looks like to be loved by God and to be a community that is shaped by his love. Let me pray. Lord, we, we are thankful to you for all that you have done and will continue to do. And as we commit ourselves to you this year of being a people marked by your name, and filled with your presence that seeks to behold you that we might become like you. We ask for your help to make us to be a community that is authentic, to be a community that is hospitable, to be a worshiping community that is marked by the mystery and the love that you have for us, to be a community that is one where people find healing and move to wholeness. And lastly, a community that is rooted in you and we can't do it alone we need each other and we need your help so come lord jesus move in us and through us in your name we pray amen